I liked your voice right there. You oh, kind of sounded you. like Delilah. Ah, <laughs> oh, goals. Goals. Well, that's Cass with a Delilah-esque voice. And mm-hmm. I'm Em, and this is Honey Do Me Podcast. Yeah, if you haven't been here before, we're a podcast that talks about sex and relationships and confidence and feeling good in that hot body of yours, mm-hmm. but mostly sex. And you're catching us dead center um, in our non-monogamy month. And oof, what a treat that is for you. <laughs> dead center of... M- non-monogamy <laughs> that sounds like a pickle in a good way <laughs> <laughs> what a pickle i'd like to be in <laughs> <laughs> and now you sound like a car salesman you're really good at voices oh thank you i don't mm-hmm. have much else going on right now <laughs> <laughs> i just sit in my room and do voices <laughs> i could only imagine that that's what jürgen hears like reverberating <laughs> through the walls and it's just different voices all day <laughs> Well, I think what I really appreciate about you and I's friendship mm-hmm. is you're one of few people who will do voices so quickly back. Like, I think we both fall into voices so often mm-hmm. and we change our voices so often Yeah, that, I don't know, I just don't find that elsewhere. It's, it's a I really just don't find that in anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's an issue for me, though, is that I do not try to mimic or copy people when I hear them speaking to me. But there is this British man in my office and he's like, can I have some tea, please? And I was like, can I have some tea, please? And I didn't mean to do that. It just was so flowy the way it came out that I was like, gotta say it. (laughs) I'm so sorry about this, sir. I'm gonna reflect that right back to you. I've done that so many times, like out in the world where I'm like, you probably just think that I was like mimicking you and like mocking you right now. And I feel really bad. I heard something, I can't even fucking remember, so this isn't going to, there's no point to me saying this, but there is like some brain thing that happens when you repeat what somebody says, because I notice I do it, I'll repeat, like if I think something's really funny, I'll like say it again Mm -hmm. if somebody else said it, not so I can like steal what they said, (laughs) but just, that's just the way that my brain works, I don't know. I think I've heard something like that too. I do the exact same thing. And then sometimes the worst part is when they didn't hear you. And they're like, oh, what? And I was like, no, I just, I was repeating what you said. And they're like, I literally just said what you said. (laughs) Yeah, that is the worst part Mm -hmm. of social interaction. Yeah. Yeah, that specific moment when you repeat someone and they say what? Yeah, because then it's just really, really awkward. And they're like, you didn't add to the joke. You didn't elaborate. And now, Mm -hmm. dead stop. And you can't explain why the fuck you repeat it. I don't know. It's like, like sitting jerk. here now. I don't know why I do it. Mm-mm. <laughs> Something a little wrong. <laughs> I'm flustered now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So if anyone uh, could explain that to us, please pop on in. Email me. <laughs> <laughs> fax me. Fax for fuck's me. sake. <laughs> Send me a fax um, and I will respond. Anyway. Today, we are continuing, like you said, our non-monogamy train um, in no better way than one with Susan Bratton and Mm -hmm. two talking about threesomes and sex sex parties. Couldn't even get it out. I'm too excited. (laughs) You're just too excited. There's so much bubbling out of you. Uh, So you all know Susan Bratton. Um, She is backed by popular demand. She is... um, an intimacy expert to the millions. To the millions. Um, just, she knows everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how else to put it. Like, she just always has an answer. And <laughs> when we talked to her about threesomes and sex parties, she was like, oh, I've done I've done so many. I forget the exact number. I, I for, does thousands. she say it in the interview? Thousands? Mm-hmm. So thousands. Yeah. I've never done anything thousands of times. Thousand times. I don't even think I've had sex thousands of times. (laughs) I definitely haven't. I like, I'm going to be real. I don't know if I've had sex a thousand times. (laughs) I don't think I have. 
There's no oh way. God. What I wonder what that breakdown would be. Like if we calculate the partners when we started having sex and where we're at now, if that would even make sense. I can tell you right now, it's not a thousand for me. It's not a thousand. I have been celibate for so long that my numbers are now wiped. So I'm back at zero anyways. <laughs> You're a virgin. <laughs> I'm back to being a virgin. So I also haven't had sex a thousand times. They just don't count anymore. Yeah, I just, because I think about how there's 365 days in a year, right? I think about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if you just break it down by year, that's so many days that you would have to have sex. Even if you had sex multiple times some days, which does that even count? I don't Wait, know. Yeah, I know. I, I don't I know don't the know. rules. I but I know I haven't. Yeah. I haven't fair. touched my own body a thousand times. So, <laughs> so in the uh, caption for today's episode, uh, we post on Instagram was like a little like, here's what's coming. Uh, I wrote in you know, Susan's had more threesomes than I've had. And I'm like, everything, but how do everything. I say that? <laughs> so I said iced coffee because I drink a lot yeah. of iced coffee. But that was a perfect way to another perfect comparison is more than I've touched my own body. <laughs> yeah. And I've lived in this thing for quite a few years. Quite a few years. A few uh, turns around the sun. That's for I've sure. I've had my, pa- my hands down my pants quite a few times. And <laughs> I can say with confidence. Not nope, that many times. Not that many times. <laughs> so anyway, she's an expert in this field. And Susan always comes ready with stories and ready with experiences that are far beyond the travels that Cass and I will ever see, which is why we love her. And also, I think this episode, we explored a few other things that are on our level in terms mm-hmm. of asking for what you want when you're dating, Mm -hmm. when you're just going on dates, like if you're with a long-term partner, and using the sassy Susan Flair with things that are a little bit more on our level. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm Mm -hmm. really glad you said that because I think threesomes and sex parties sounds kind of intense, and it is intense. Um, (laughs) Susan describes in graphic detail what it feels like to be Double penetrated, <laughs> which I did ask. I asked that was my favorite part. You're like, if you don't mind, um, what does it feel like? Because <laughs> I'm so curious. Yeah. Um, I'm a curious cast. Curious <laughs> but, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we just we cover cover the gamut yeah, in this episode, will. and it's so fun. I feel yeah. like there is something. F- for everyone, beginner to expert, as long as you are not too shy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very with true. Your and um, as always, you can watch us on YouTube. And Susan mm-hmm. wore a very special outfit for those who do want to watch us on mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, so please go enjoy that because we did. Yeah. <laughs> and that's linked in the show notes. So mm-hmm. you can get all of the places quickly. Just press the back All of our places and- quickly in our back yeah. buttons. Exactly. You said it beautifully. Thank you. Beautifully. All right. Well, without further ado. Adieu. See what um, I said. Here's Susan Bratton. <laughs> we want to talk about a topic that we have discussed discussing with you for a while now. And we think of no one better to talk about threesomes and sex parties with than you, Suze. So um, sell us on them. Why... Why? Why threesomes? Why sex parties? What do we what do we need to know about them? Why do we like them? Well, um, I would say not everybody would like them, um, but I'll tell you why I like them. And maybe that would be a good place to start. And I've done I've been to over 20 sex parties and sex events. And I've had I think. I was talking to Tim about this the other day and he thinks it could be over a thousand threesomes now. <sighs> so Ovs, I like a threesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the interesting thing about that is that most of my threesomes have been MFM, not FFM. So me with two men. I've had many threesomes with women, but because I often have a boyfriend or two or three um, and only usually one girlfriend, if I even have a girlfriend and I do right now, which is very exciting. 
Um, I end up having sex with men more, you know, more than one man, man at a time. And I think that what's interesting about it is that when most people hear the word threesome, they think two girls and a guy. That's like what everybody thinks. Even women, when you're like, have you ever had a threesome? Would you like to have one? They're like, yeah, I guess if I found the right woman and I'm like, what about another dude? You know, and this is heterosexual, mm -hmm. but not, you know, it's heterosexual couples. Um, I think that that is really changing and that there is more fluidity in gender. So there's more fluidity in less about gender and more just about appreciating the person, more pansexuality, more sapiosexuality, more just like, oh, you turned me on. I'd like to, I'd like to make love with you. So I was thinking that I'd like to talk about what it is that I really enjoy about being with two men, because I want to open up that world for so many people. And there are a lot of, a lot of men, and, and I'm going again with the, the heterosexual construct that I'm talking about a couple that might be interested in playing with someone else. Why would you want it to be a man and not a woman? I'd like to sell you on that. That's what I'd like to sell you on. Please and do. The reason, <laughs> and the reason, because I want to open your world more. Like, I just think mm -hmm. it can be really Absolutely. incredible because when you have two women, it's really fun. Everybody likes to watch two women make out, two women being intimate. That's super sexy. Where a lot of people the thing about a two woman, one man experience is that often the two women aren't necessarily bisexual. They're really heterosexual. So they're having the threesome for the guy. So it's the women servicing the men. And it's, it, that's, that's fine, but I like to be serviced and I like to be serviced well. So, <laughs> so I need a lot Surely. to hold on to. I need a lot of things in a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> and my most common type of threesome is two men. And the things that I most like to do with two men is to have, uh, to be orally pleasuring one and to be penetrated by the other in my vagina. And um, <laughs> that is most commonly called a spit roast. Because it's like you're the little piggy and there's one penis in one end and one penis in the other and you're just rolling around on those things. <laughs> getting all greased up. <laughs> rolling around. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, that's also called the Eiffel Tower too, right? The Eiffel Tower is usually one one person lying down and one woman sitting on their face and one woman usually sitting on their penis. It's usually a man. It's usually a man and two women. So, mm -hmm. and then the two women are making out, they're facing each other. So one is getting oral, one is having intercourse and they're facing each other. That's an Eiffel tower. And I've done a few of those and they are really fun and really sexy. Um, gotcha. One of the things I want to say about, threesomes is that practice makes perfect. And I've even done, I recently did um, a foursome with three guys. And the first time we did it, I said, okay, well, this is just a blocking routine. If this isn't like the official <laughs> foursome, because mm -hmm. I'd heard about this thing called an airtight. Have you heard about it? No. Okay. So it's really interesting. It's like all your holes are filled. So basically it's penetration, anal and oral. And one of my- That is airtight. What? <laughs> that is airtight. <laughs> that is airtight. And wow. one of my boyfriends is very, very good at anal and I haven't had a lot of anal and he's incredible at it. And so I'm exploring it. So when I heard about the airtight, I was like, Oh, bingo. That's, per that's, a, that's a perfect plus up to my spit roast, typical spit <laughs> roast, because, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, I, that I could add in. And I said, okay, the first time we do it, I don't like pressure. I don't like any pressure in, in any of these things. And um, so I said, we're just going to do it as a blocking thing. And we're going to make sure that our body, where do the bodies go? What's the position we're going to do? And where do the bodies go? Because one of the things that's fun 
is to, if you're having a spit roast or you're having an airtight one, of the, it's nice to be able to just kind of relax into it. One of my kind of hallmarks of my teaching as an intimacy expert is the notion that relaxation, arousal can't begin until you're in relaxation, that you can't start to climb into your arousal if you're not feeling comfortable, safe, treasured, etc. So I didn't, I don't like pressure. And so we just tried it. And at first we, we knew who the ass guy was going to be. That was no question. <laughs> uh, mm. But who was going to be in the mouth and who was going to be in the yoni was up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we tried one man under me and then I got on top kind of cowgirl style and my anal lover came in behind me. And then my other lover came in the front of me kind of over the other partner and was in my mouth and that worked out really great and then we switched the oral and the penetration guy to see if we liked that better and the oral and penetration guy were like no I like it that first way better I like the oral sex guy liked to see me he liked to see the whole thing below. He liked to see my back. He liked to see my ass. He liked to see me getting it. He liked all that. The guy on the bottom, he liked looking up and seeing my mouth on my partner's penis. And he liked that. And so we found what worked with our bodies and what worked with the partners. And it ended up to be, it was my first one. I just did it last week and wow. i mean i heard about it and i immediately <laughs> did it quick turnaround up here <laughs> like what else is Partner. out there yeah. <laughs> like an advertise that i can do that was really fun i remember when i saw my first spit roast i was at a sex party and i saw a girl on her hands and knees and she was giving a guy a blowjob and getting fucked doggy style and i was like Oh my God, I have to do that. So that's also one of the benefits of going to sex parties is that you get ideas and you see things that you would have never thought of yourself. And so that Mm -hmm. is another real benefit of those experiences. So the 500 threesomes or the thousand threesomes that I've had, you know, because I've been doing this for, I've been in an open relationship for going on 20 years And I've had quite a few long-term partners who I've made love with, with my husband every single week, you know, so the weeks and the years add up. And so that's how I can say that I've done so many. And I'll tell you what really, it was really in the beginning that one of the things that I figured out that made a big difference. The first thing is that Everybody has to be a champion for themselves when you start to spin out or your confidence wanes or you feel like you're not being included. Everybody has to trust that you're going to speak up if you have any issues at all so they can relax knowing that if there's any issue, a person will be like, hey, I'm feeling left out. Okay, come on, let's get you back in here. So that's number one is you owe it to us to tell us if you're spinning out or having any discomfort of any kind. Then everybody knows everybody's okay. I have this saying actually with my daughter, um, if she ain't crying, she ain't dying. My daughter travels to the far reaches of the world. She's a marine scientist and she always goes to these gnarly places, but I am her first phone call. So I never worry about her. Because if shit goes south, mommy gets the call. Like when my phone rings, I don't answer it. Hi, babe. How you doing? What's going on? I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And then I don't have to worry about it. I'm just calm. And so that's very important in the threesome. The second thing is this body dynamic piece, like coming up with different ideas of things you want to try, sex positions, different techniques, whatever it might be. And then um, trying them without the pressure of perfecting them. And thinking about threesomes as, hey, this isn't going to be the first time we do it. We're, we're going to get better over time at this. I think that's another way to enter into the thought process, which is because, you know, me, I'm a more of a polyamorous kind of a person than a lifestyle person. So I'm not really going to swingers parties and having sex with a lot of different people. I'm having sex with the same, a lot of sex with the same people 
that are screened in and fluid bonded to me. And when we go to sex parties, we go to sex parties together and we have A and B level things that we do. A, I can do with all my screened in partners. We've all been tested. We're monogamous to the pod, to the group. And we can do anything in any hole in any part in any way. But if we're with people who aren't screened in, we can't put our mouths on their genitals and we can't have genital to genital contact. We wash our hands all the time and we're very, very careful about what we touch and what goes where. Because the actual fact is that STIs can be things like bacterias, such as trichinomiasis, which we test for. They can be like HSV and HPV, which are skin-to-skin contact transferred, not through vaginal secretions or semen. So most STIs are actually skin-to-skin contact. So you really want to do visual inspections with partners that aren't fluid bonded to you as well. And so you have to be creative if you're going to go with a partner you're fluid bonded with, but play with a partner that you're not about what's okay to do and what's not okay to do. And you have to be really clear about that. That helps you navigate safely. You can't, you can't keep from getting a head cold or, you know, things like that (laughs) or bed bugs. (laughs) I mean, you have to always, when you're going to sex parties as well, take your own thing to lie down on. You always want to keep all your stuff with you. You don't want to strew your things about so that you have to find them later. You always want to keep everything organized in like a bag or a little case of some kind. Take everything that you need. And when you get home, you put everything in the dryer. Don't take anything hard that you can't put in the dryer. Everything soft. It has to get heated to over. You'll have to Google it what bed bugs are. 100 and three maybe or 113 I'm not sure but google it so that it the heat kills everything you can put it out in the sun maybe I don't know it depends on the, the temperature of the day so these are important things to think about so when I'm with my partners we can do anything we want we try different things and what makes the difference is the energy of in an MFM if I'm having an energetic, let's just say the three of us are having sex. I'm having an energetic connection with Cass. I'm having an energetic connection with Emma. Emma and Cass are having an energetic connection. And then when you, when you get really good and you have sex a few times together, you can actually begin. So Cass can feel me through Emma and Emma can feel me through Cass. You start to create a circuit of energetic connection and feeling and felt sense with each other so that you're really tuned in. And then you want to think about things like rhythm. Your body in its sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system likes to toggle back and forth between arousal and relaxation. For you to get really turned on, you want to have some orgasms and then rest for a second. Have some more orgasms and rest for a second. If you just like drive yourself out full to the max, you burn out really early and you kind of blow yourself out. It's like overstimulating your clit with a vibrator such that you can't keep coming versus slowly turning up your vibrator and taking yourself to higher and higher and higher levels so that you can come for really long times. So those are kind of the differences. And what you want to do is you want to do that with your lovers too. You want to start out really slowly and sensually. You want to have full body touch. You want to look each other in the eyes. You want to express appreciation. You want to find out what people's boundaries are. You want to ask them if they have any desires. You want to look at the time and decide, okay, how long do we have? One hour, two hours, three hours. Do we need to set a timer so we can get all our stuff and go or whatever we need to do. Let's set an alarm for 15 minutes or a half an hour before that. So we can just lose ourselves in time and we don't have to worry. So these are the, these are kind of the agenda items that you want to think about. Then you want to think about setting up the lover space. 
Do we have a fascinator thrown down? Do we have all the lubes we like? What playlist are we listening to? Do we have water or wine or our vapes or uh, our sex toys? How's the lighting? How's the temperature? How's the privacy? These are the foundation of relaxation that helps you kind of go to the next level of turn on. And then you can start to just slowly allow your body to get turned on in the time frame that she needs and not rush yourself. And you have to get out of your performance mindset and you have to connect in your hearts with each other because you're here for everybody's mutual pleasure and you're going to take turns giving and receiving and the giving and receiving is going to be very fluid and things are going to you're going to try things you're going to laugh you're going to take breaks you're going to have sips of water you're going to change the playlist you're going to just relax into the time together and so when you have that energetic connection you have that spaciousness for self-care and care for each other and you have ideas to throw in. Well, what do you think we should do? Should we do this? Would you give me a pussy rub first? And would one of you guys make out with me while the other one gives me the pussy massage? And then I'd like to, you know, do I'd like to suck your cock and I'd like to do this or I'd like to stroke his cock while we make out. And I'd like to bend over from behind and have you play with my pussy with your fingers or whatever you want to do. You can throw out the ideas and you can leave it open for your desire to tell you what your body wants in the moment too. And one of the things that I really like is when my partners have a lot of ideas and they're really good at just asking for what they want at all times. Then I also don't worry about them because I know they're taking care of themselves. So those are some of my like initial things that I wanted to tell you about with regard to threesomes. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing overview. Yeah. Like I'm left with a million questions, but just because, oh my God, I didn't even think about all of those things that you were talking about. I really love the idea of like trial runs because I think my biggest maybe insecurity when I think about a threesome is like I would be so clunky like I have no idea what I'm doing and so the idea of like no you're there to try things out first the blocking like oh my god the permission to just try something new and not be great at it feels so freeing and I have one very specific question what does it feel like to be penetrated both vaginally and anally at the same time it feels so darn good. <laughs> um, one of the things that I did now, remember that I've re- I only did this just like last week, one week ago, yeah. I did this for the first time. And he, I'm, I'm, I turned 62 last week too. I did it on my 62nd Aww. birthday. You guys. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was determined. And I had that little bacterial infection. I think I might've gotten it from swimming in the ocean. And so I was really sensitive. Mm. My yoni was, it felt like the, my inner labia had gotten like scalded and scratched. It hurt. <sighs> and so I said to my husband, cause he was penetrator man. I said, okay, we'll go in and go in super slowly. And I'll, if it doesn't work, we'll just have to scuttle the, scuttle the plant. But, but I got down on him very, very, very slowly and it was okay. And he wasn't moving. He really wasn't moving. So my ass man, he was the one really moving and he went in very slowly and I really trusted him. He went in very slowly and it felt the best when he was completely inside me and when he wasn't coming out at all near my butthole, he was staying pretty deep inside and kind of just pulsing deeply in very short but deeper strokes. Once he got in there and he got way inside me, it really felt nice and grounded and safe and comforting and sexy and orgasmic and my husband said that one of the things that he that was really hot for him was and he's straight but he's not homophobic he doesn't mind crossing swords he doesn't not like we've tried sticking two dicks in me and all kinds of things 
I did not like that. That was too much for me. Okay. And I have a giant mm-hmm. vagina, but my husband has a really giant <laughs> penis too. So um, good news is the vagina is a muscle and you cannot stretch it out. Um, it uh-huh. does get lax with age, which is why I teach mm-hmm. a lot of sexual biohacking and rejuvenation things, which I've talked about in the past on your show. But um, what Tim said was that he liked the way my ass man's balls felt going back and forth across his own balls inside me. Right. He enjoyed that sensation of his balls being stroked by balls. And I'm like, I totally can get that. I like my boobs being stroked by boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and I wore a sexy That's outfit amazing. for you guys today, just in case we were doing video. <laughs> yeah, you did. I love it. That's awesome. That's so much knowledge to gain um, with like that experience, you know, for everyone in the room. Yeah. Um, my question is how you were saying with um, like two females and a man, how yeah. you feel like that can be a little bit of a performance and, you know, or what you were saying earlier about like it could be for the man sometimes. Yes. And with two penises, yeah, for me, I would feel like I would be on performance more if two guys oh, were in the room. Right. So why okay. does that feel different to you? Yeah. Um, right. Someone could feel the opposite of me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why I love that spit roast thing is mm-hmm. that I really love to completely surrender to my pleasure of being penetrated both in my mouth and my yoni. And I can come from oral. So you you can too. Everybody, all people can come from having a penis swabbing your throat. Basically, you have erectile tissue down in your throat. And when you learn how to relax and allow the penis to stroke down in your throat, the gag reflex is actually just the beginning of the orgasmic contraction. So once you learn to just relax and allow that kind of like little, little like, ooh, to calm down, you sl- you warm yourself up, kissing, and then not all the way deep, and then a little deeper, and then a little deeper. When you're with a partner who knows how to, so the Japanese have a better word for it than fuck your face. It's called, <laughs> it's, you know, fellatio is, is, is giving a blowjob, basically, going down on a penis. But irumatio, I-R-R-U-M-A-T-I-O, is when you receive the penis and it's doing the work. So your penis owner is doing the work and you're receiving the stroking. So when you have enough practice with a partner, like I do, and I'm receiving and my partner knows the stroke volume, depth, and when to give me breaks because it blocks your airway. Mm -hmm. So you need to actually have them stop and and then stick it back in there and come some more. (laughs) So when that partner is doing that, you think about those Viking ships. I know I do frequently. And (laughs) the oarsman, there's an oarsman that sets the pace of the row and all the other men Follow that oarsman. That's the guy in your mouth. He's the pace car. The guy in your pussy follows him. So think about it. If you're lying there and you're having a penis go inside you in both your mouth and your yoni simultaneously, they pull out, they go in, they pull out, they go in, they pull out they go in. You're basically getting played through your whole hollow flute, right? Your mouth all the way down to your yoni. That's your hollow flute or your lumen. It's actually literally called your lumen. And it's all orgasmic. So like the the power centers, your chakra system, there's lots of things it's called. I learned how to 
squeeze my yoni, do the pompoir, do the milking, you know, get my vagina, all those muscles activated. I started having belly gasms. That's a kind of gasm you can have. That's a core gasm. So your core contracts. I have breast gasms, nipple gasms, throat gasms, mouth gasms. So basically when I come, the whole lumen is exploding in pleasure. These are hashtag motherfucking goals, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) So when you have two partners that you get to have a lot of sex with and they have They're feeling me, they're feeling each other, they're feeling me through each other, there's no performance, we're focused, we're relaxed, we're comfortable, I'm getting this stimulation to both ends of my flute, and it's not cacophonous. I'm not getting like hammered on this end and choked on this end and all this crazy shit. I'm just like riding the wave of orgasmic pleasure. And it's just transcendent when you are able to have that kind of loving ministration of pleasure from two partners. You could do that with a woman too. There's no reason you couldn't. Right. Sounds like a Ben and Sebastian type of threesomes from oh, Dipsy. Yeah, we have some favorite um, audio erotica on Dipsy. Uh, oh, it's good. two men. Um, and. You're the woman, (laughs) and it's wonderful. It sounds like you have to have partners that you can really trust, obviously. You're not doing this with people who you don't, like you wouldn't put your, literally all of your vulnerability in their hands. So that is, um, I feel like the tricky part, if you don't have someone or a group like you do, who you guys have all, you know, connected yourselves and are monogamous to the group. So finding people I feel like would be the next hurdle for people who are typically monogamous, but looking for a third, how would you go about doing that? Well, it's very easy if there's a woman involved because lots and lots of men are interested in being with a couple, even more than other women. Women need primary partner. They need the security. Most women, most women want the security of a a primary partner and are happy with monogamy. For women who want secondary partners or to be secondary partners, it's difficult because she's always going to be the secondary woman, especially in a matriarchal poly construct. She's going to have to be that woman who likes to be the number two woman. And she can't expect to be equal in hierarchic poly. Some people have flat poly where everyone is equal. They don't tend to last as long. It's better to have clear division of roles and approvals and to understand that the stable base of the couple is the most important thing or the whole poly thing would not even exist. Mm. So how do you find people if you're a couple and you want to find another man that's the easiest friggin' thing <laughs> like you just literally go on a dating app like field and type in you're a couple you can even put both your profiles up there and say we're looking for a third and it's okay if it's a dude and you will have a million dudes <laughs> for women it is a lot harder and that is usually developed out of friendships and relationships It's also really good if you could be a quad and there's two couples who play together. So two couples who all like each other and want to have like parallel play is a really, really good thing to start with where you're with your partner, they're with their partner, but you're in the same room. It's kind of like your mini sex party Mm -hmm. and you're in the same room together. And you're seeing each other have sex and you're talking, you're playing, but you're not maybe you're kissing. That might be step two is you do the, the B level stuff, no mouth to genital or genital to genital contact until you decide if they screen in. So you have safe sex with them, but parallel play can be really, really fun. And then you can do swapping. You can have foursomes. The, the two women can have a threesome with one guy when the other guy's got to travel or be away on business or whatever. Um, you can start to play around with those kinds of, um, constructs as well. 
So, I mean, the age old question, how to find a woman for a threesome, it's getting easier and easier as women want more and more experiences, as as women of all ages want more and more experiences. One of the, I think we talked about this one year on our one of our sex trends episodes that midlife women are all turning into a bunch of lesbians. And that's a super common thing. Um, so it's easier actually when you're in your twenties and when you're in your forties and fifties, when you're in your thirties, a lot of women are actually trying to find a husband, trying to have children, they're busy building their careers. So you just have to constantly be out there and you have to make a lot of offers. So this is another thing I wanted to talk to you about Cass and Emma. And that is that when you go to sex parties or when you go to even any kind of parties or just as you're a traipsing along living your life and you see somebody that appeals to you make them offers just make them offers it's hard at first because you're shy and you're worried about being rejected but if they reject you it's not really about you it's just about what's going on with them and the more offers you make the more success you have and the more experience you gain and the better you get at making offers I have made a lot of offers to a lot of people over the last few years. I really decided that I, you know, I had been in a poly triad with another man, and then I'd been in a poly quad with another woman and another man who were not together. They were separate, but they were with my husband and I. Mm -hmm. And um, when that kind of came to a natural conclusion in one part and another part, when I had to ask one of them to move on, um, partly because I realized that they were no longer a values match for me. And after COVID and Trump and all the bullshit, I realized I have to be only surrounded by people in my life that match my values. Mm-hmm. And my values include inclusion for all. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a very liberal person and I want everyone to be lifted up in the world. And I think everyone is equal. And um, I had to let my partner go because of that. And so then I was like, okay, what do I want now? I don't want to jump back into kind of this expectation that some fucking dude's going to show up every Saturday ready to get laid. And that's not my job, Mm -hmm. but I want safe sex and I want to have experiences. So I'm going to keep my screening scenario, which by the way, I keep all the tests I recommend how to talk about safe sex, when to talk about safe sex, what tests to get on my betterlover.com video site. They're free videos. Just go to betterlover.com and put safe sex and the videos will come up and I tell you exactly what to do if you if you want to know how I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, I, re- I really want to fuck around, but I want to fuck around safely. I want to have a lot of new experiences. So I just started making people offers and conditional. I can do B stuff with anybody. I can make out. We can play with toys. I can stroke their cock or their pussy. I can give them yoni massages. I can do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And why would you want to do more than that with someone you don't really know anyway? Mm-hmm. So when you start to think about it like, oh, okay. I could actually be having a lot of highly erotic sexual fun without oral and intercourse. Once you take that off the table, if the pressure goes down, that worry as well that you're going to be performative goes down because you're going to give yourself time to get to know someone and you're going to do things to see if you have a good vibe. How's their touch? Do you like the way they smell? You know, uh, uh, do they have shame? Are they weird? Do they have some, some kink that you're not into? And so doing it that way, I think works well too. And I've had some really, really, really fun experiences the last few years with that model. I fucking love it. <sighs> Good. That is so Thanks cool. Emma. Can you give us an example of an offer, like what that might sound like? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, well, I can tell you um, the offer that I gave a girlfriend of mine. So my girlfriend was pregnant and um, she was 45 and last year Um, And she asked me if I would be her ecstatic birth partner. 
And I said, well, what do you envision that being? And she said, I don't know, but I was hoping we could figure it out together. She's a pleasure coach. And um, I said, I would love to do that. And so pretty much what it ended up to be was that I, as whenever I was in town, as often as I possibly could, we would have dates. She'd come to my house or I'd go to hers and I would give her yoni massages. I would rub her belly with the butter and I would play with her boobs a little bit and I would kiss her a little, but not much, just like kiss her on the cheeks. But I mostly just gave her yoni massages and I helped her make the mind body connection. Like here's your clitoris. This is your mons. These are your labia. This is your perineum. This is the opening to your vagina. Now I'm you know, I would rub all that and I would say, I'm doing kneading, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it helped her really connect her brain to her yoni. So then we practiced on opening her yoni, closing her yoni, pushing down, pushing out, pulling in to activate everything. We just, I just literally made that all up and it felt right <laughs> to both of us because we knew she was going to have to push that baby out. So we wanted to like have her brain work her yoni really well. And then once Zoe was born, we were like, well, I really miss this. She was like, oh, I can't give up the yoni massages. And I was like, well, I'd like to have more. You know, I'd like to, you know, I kind of held myself back. Like I was giving her orgasms and she was having them and I was having them with her. They were running through, we were running all kinds of orgasmic energy. So I said, okay, well, I would like to make you an offer. Are you open to hearing it? And she was like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> and she, so her husband was there as well. And I said, oh, you know, I want to do this in front of Dave. And um, I said, I have, you know, four or five things that I was thinking that I would like to do. I'm not attached to any of them. I'm just going to make some offers that sound good to me. And you tell me what you'd like to do and what you wouldn't like to do. And I said, so I'd like to have makeouts. I'd like to get naked and rub our bodies all over each other. I'd like to um, uh, give, keep, keep giving you yoni massages. I would like to, you know, go down on you. I'd like you to go down on me. I'd like to try strap-ons with each other. I'd like to try sex toys on each other. And I'm open to any other ideas that you have as well. And I'm not attached to any of them. But those are some things that are swirling through my mind that would be interesting to do together. And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do all of those things. And also, I want to get in an, a bathtub with a big bottle of bath oil. And I want to slide around all over each other. And I was like, that one sounds good, too. Keep them coming. <laughs> so um, we started our relationship by doing these things and we're slowly working our way into them. We have not done about half of them yet, but there is no rush because remember when we have our dates, her baby's with us. And so if Zoe's hungry, we stop and nurse and she starting to crawl now. So we can't have her rolling off the bed and so we have to wait till she takes a nap. And so then we have a little bit of time together. So it is pretty, pretty hard to date a lady with a baby, but I can do it. Yeah. And so that's an example of how you make an offer. You make a series, you run a menu of offers, you start small, you make bigger offers, you give them options. We like our menus, we ladies. Um, so I hope that answered your question. Yeah. I huh. am so fucking inspired. I just love how open and honest that Good. whole, like, I, lo I love how open and honest the idea of offers are and how vulnerable yeah. it is. Um, but it's just so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what Thank other you. offers could we make um, in our lives? Like if I'm like, I'm single and I'm trying to go yeah. through the world experiencing things safely but yeah. um like how do how would i make offers to people that i'm coming across in my daily life if i just want to like experience some things in a fun safe way what kinds of things would you like to experience right now like what's on your mind that are some of the next things you'd like to work on um i definitely and like these are going to sound a lot more like 
elementary. <laughs> but... Well, remember, you're younger than I am. So you're on your beginning of your journey. I've been on my journey a long time. Don't feel like you are, you have to compare yourself to me. Thanks, Suze. Um, yeah. Well, I want, I want to be a lot better about like asking people to go out and in person. I'm very bad at that, but I want to do that. It's so, like actual okay. dates. And then I yeah. want to have like sexual experiences that don't necessarily have to lead to like too much sex or penetrative sex, but more like one night stands in a way with someone Mm -hmm. that's just fun and that I vibe with, but we don't expect too much from each other. And Mm -hmm. then just experimenting with all types of people without strings attached, I guess. Yeah. 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 You want to gain some experiences. You yes. want to have some safe sex experiences. Safe sex experiences. That also include romance and adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> okay, great. So um, things that are good for that are um, one, of the, one of the things that we talk a lot about in, in the kind of sexpert world is having research partners. And it's not necessarily a hookup. A hookup is an unconscious friction rubbing genital thing where you are just busting a nut. And I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. I do like to bust a nut, but I bust a lot of nuts. I'm a big old squirrel with a lot of nuts. So you could say something like, um, I, I really find you attractive and I'd like to see if we have any chemistry. I also would really like to go see the Barbie movie. (laughs) <laughs> and I was wondering if you would enjoy going to the Barbie movie and then um, having a makeout in my car afterwards mm-hmm. and just seeing if we have any chemistry. Uh-huh. I'm not looking for a partner. I'm just having some experiences right now. And I'd be willing to do more, but that's kind of what I'm interested in. Or you could say, um, I find you so appealing and desirable and I was wondering if you'd like to go on a hike one afternoon and maybe bring a blanket and a picnic basket and lay it down and maybe just take off all our clothes and sunbathe nude and just kind of give each other sensual massages and worship each other I really feel the need to be worshipped and touched and I wonder if that sounds good to you want me to do one more yeah yeah (laughs) Okay, give give me a prompt. I'm just making stuff up. Give me a prompt. Uh, what about, um, I'm sex chat DPT. What about yeah. something with dinner? Like, let's take a classic. Yeah, dinner. Something with dinner. Let's take a classic and then add a little spice. Okay. Okay, dinner. And what kind of sex thing would be good? Um, I want to have penetrative sex on this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Um, I find you so appealing and attractive and I'm kind of dating around right now and I found this new restaurant and I'd love to go and I want to know if you want to go with me. I want it to be kind of like a romantic evening together and I'm also learning a lot about different types of intercourse and I follow this sexpert Susan Bratton and she taught me bouncing tiger, squatting lion, and glissando. And I was looking for a partner to kind of practice my cowgirl on. And I was wondering if you would like to have a date. We have to have safe sex. I actually need you to go get STI tested. I literally need you to go get STI tested to have sex with me. I've got clean papers. I haven't been with anybody. I could share my paperwork with you. But I was wondering if you'd like to be an intercourse research partner so I could practice some sex techniques. I don't want to date. I don't need to text you a bunch. I just want to get together and try some intercourse things. Would you be open to it? I don't know how anyone would ever say no to your offers. They say no. (laughs) Really? They say no. These sound so good. It's not about me. No. I know. You guys are like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Um, That sounds great. It's not about me when they say no. It's about extraneous circumstances. Everybody wants to fuck everybody ultimately. Right. You know? So true. I mean, hence the sex parties, right? (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. Those offers were amazing. And I like- Oh, good. Even up to the steamiest, you know, of having uh, penetrative sex or like sensual massages in the park, like those are awesome. But even just like- Barbie movie and make out in my car as like, I would say yes to anybody 
And that's a PSA. Yeah. I would say yes to anybody that asked <laughs> me that. If I heard anybody say that, I would immediately think that's the coolest person I've ever heard yeah. speak. Like the second you said it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, that's just so fucking yeah. cool. Uh, and yeah. it like... <laughs> I don't know. And even if they do say no, like you're saying, it's not about you. But when you, you the way you phrased it, it's like even if somebody does say no, it makes it clear it's not about you because you're so fucking cool that like yeah. if they're saying no, it's on them. And that's totally fine. Yeah. But like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Ugh. Mm-hmm. That was so fun. Yay. Thank you for all those examples. Yeah. That was really cool. My pleasure. Yeah, oh, I like thinking them up. I wanted to do one more for you. Please. Oh, please do. Because I was thinking about research partners. That's a great title, mm-hmm. too. It's like, I need a research yeah, partner mm-hmm. for yeah, sex things. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors. I've had some great mentors. You guys have had incredible mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, so research partner, I really like female ejaculation. And I've taught thousands and thousands and thousands of women how to release their feminine waters. And there are some very subtle techniques to it. One of the programs that, that I publish is called Female Liquid Orgasm. It's at, it's at femaleliquidorgasm.com. And um, I think that every woman should enjoy the divine gift of releasing her Amrita and feeling so comfortable and so relaxed and so turned on and so willing to make a mess and take up space and get it all the alls of pleasure. We need that. Squirting is like a good cry and an orgasm had a baby. It is so releasing. And guys get to do that every time they come. And we are, if we're not doing that, I want us to be doing it. And research partners are fantastic for learning how to squirt because it takes a fair amount of time to kind of get your yoni all plumped up and engorged. As I've taught you guys, it's 20 minutes at a minimum just to start feeling good because we've got a dick's worth of erectile tissue wrapped around our vagina. And we need it all plumped up. It's not the 10,000 nerve endings on the tip of the clit. It's the whole vulva. I got to get all the action. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, my, my girlfriend who I did the Yoni massages for the ecstatic birth massage, um, which she, we have videos. We recorded our experience at ecstaticbirthmassage.com. So if you want to get those, they're free. She, we just made them available. She told me that when I started doing her Yoni massage, she had she's like, I've literally never been touched like that. I have had my clit roughly massaged and I have had things stuck in my vagina way too soon. And I'm 45 years old. And my girlfriend is the first person who's ever touched my yoni in such an honorable and beautiful way and made me feel it all and activate everything. And I'm like, I know, I know this is the, this is my job. This is what I teach people. So when you find someone who you're like, oh, I'd like to have those hands in my pussy. I'd like to, that person has a chill vibe or they make me feel good or I could relax with them. You could say to them, I've been wanting to learn how to ejaculate. And I, I find you very appealing and, and I, I, I would wonder if you would like to be my research partner, maybe once or twice a week, you could come to my house and we could find my G-spot, awaken my G-spot and then release my feminine waters and try that together. Would you be willing to learn with me how to do this? Yes. That would leave yeah, someone's jaw on the floor. <laughs> yeah, that would. It absolutely would. And women and men alike would are people across the gender spectrum are great to ask about that because if you have a female partner who's doing it to you, you guys can just take turns. Mm -hmm. If she's like, "Yeah, I want to squirt too," okay, well, let's be research partners. I love research partners so much. (laughs) Me too. That is so much better than saying like hookup partners or whatever, just because research. Yeah, which is all great because if you have that and you love it, fucking pop off. Research partner to me adds the relationship factor that I miss from like a hookup or a one night stand. So research, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you need me to get a good grade and I need you. (laughs) So that's a relationship. But after this class is done, we can go our separate ways. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Star student. Uh, Star student. I am when sex is involved. (laughs) Not math. Oh my God. Wow. 
There, yeah. I feel like there are so many places we could go with everything, but I just, that was yeah. such an all encompassing overview of like threesomes and sex parties and pleasure and like where to spend your time and attention. I absolutely loved it. Well, I mean, I think that to close off, um, one of the things that we should do is I was thinking about all the different types of sex parties that there are, because we did promise sex parties and threesomes. And I was thinking about how I've done pujas and doujas and sex workshops, and I've done conscious community parties, and I've done house parties. I've had my own house parties. I've done um, public sex parties, private sex parties. I've done um, lots of parties at Burning Man and the Orgy Dome and Adoration and all kinds of you know different places. But the number one thing that is the most important besides keeping all your shit in one place is that's just what a good slut does. Honestly, if you want to be a good (laughs) slut, you got to keep all your shit in your bucket bucket. That's how it goes. So, you know, don't leave your shit behind. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, leave no trace. Um, But the the thing about all of them that, that they all have in common is that the universal law is that it's the woman makes the offer. The woman is in charge of making the offers. It Guys do it. They don't really want to. They're worried they'll be creepy. They're worried they'll be rejected. And when you make the offers, they know they're wanted, whoever it is, any person across the gender spectrum, they know they're wanted. So when you start practicing offers, you've got to go to sex parties of any kind and you make the offers. It's your job to do it and make lots of offers to lots of people. And don't worry if they say no, they could be busy. They could have their, they could have, have a bacterial infection, you know, whatever. And they just came because they wanted to be there and they didn't want to miss anything, whatever it is. And start with small offers. One of the things that um, my mentor, Dr. Dr. Patty, whose work I publish, she had, she, I published a program of hers called the seduction trilogy. It's at seductiontrilogy.com. And, um, it it teaches you how to run a menu of small offers. That's why I can do it so well, because it's literally one of the things that, that we teach that I publish that we teach. And we have been for two decades. It's seduction at its finest, which means moving people toward pleasure. And women, especially because we have a slower arousal and a bigger ladder to climb because we're estrogen, not testosterone dominant. We don't get hard ons every day. You know, there's a lot of things that for the male body, he's ready to go. But for the female body, we need much smaller offers. And that's what you do when you go to sex parties of any kind. Just make small offers. Oh, would you like to hug and kiss? Would you like to roll around on the bed and and feel each other's bodies? Would you like to uh, rub my belly and back? Would you like to stroke my hair and tell me about the thing you're most excited about? Um, starting there, not worrying about more, I think is very, very important. And it doesn't really matter what kind of party you go to. If you keep your shit around you, about you and you make small offers, you're going to have a fantastic time. Mm-hmm. Being the best slut is keeping your shit together. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to lose your lingerie. No. no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ugh. Ugh. You just make me Thanks so you. excited to live life. Like mm-hmm. that. Good. I just, every time we talk to you, I just feel so excited to live my life. Um, so thank you for Excellent. that. And thank you for literally everything. <sighs> Um, where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode? Sure. Um, betterlover.com is probably the best place to go. You can see hundreds of my free videos and search on any subject I've talked about and you'll get videos. Um, and also you can get on my sex tips newsletter. And one of the things that's made me really good is that when people are on my newsletter, they replied to me because I've been consistently producing a sex tip newsletter for two decades and they've been on it for decades. And they're like, you're the one I trust. And I'm going to ask you this most private, private question. What do you think? And I love that because that's, what's made me know what's going on with people. So if you get on my better liver, better lover newsletter, and you reply to any email that you get from me, I personally respond So I spend a couple of hours a day 
in various channels. I've also launched my OnlyFans, where I do a lot of really sexy photo shoots and I answer questions there. Um, and that's at OnlyFans.com slash Susan Bratton, my name. You can also just go to ExtraSusan.com and it's a short link there. And then I'm on Instagram as well. And you're welcome to follow me there by my name, Susan Bratton. Those are, and I'm on threads now. Oh my God, I am totally digging threads. I, I don't know why, but Twitter became such a cesspool that I got on threads and I love it. So you can follow me there too by my name. I'm pretty darn easy to find. How was that? How was that for you? (laughs) Imagine Delilah talking dirty. I couldn't. I simply couldn't. God, it's been years since I've heard Delilah. I love Delilah on like an evening drive. That's when (laughs) she's meant to happen. Evening drive. In your 50s. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Um, We hope you enjoyed this evening drive with Susan. (laughs) Um, We love our Susan. We can't wait to have her back on. So thank you so much for hanging out with us this evening. And thank you. Well, today, I don't know when you're listening. It could be this (laughs) morning. They're on the evening drive. (laughs) They're on your evening drive, your commute. Um, And thank you to our listeners for being middle of the road in non-monogamy with us. That work? Yeah, that was the <laughs> smoothest thing I've ever heard. Um, if try. you want to say thank you to us, if you just want to tell us how much you love us, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. You can leave us a written review. Um, I don't really know what emoji you could leave there. Um, just a little kiss, because that's Susan's thing. Do the little kiss emoji. Um and just tell us all the good things about us because um, I need to hear them. That's the moral thing to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I was walking home the other night. And <laughs> like, I feel fine about myself right now, but I was <laughs> walking by this bar. Love that disclaimer. <laughs> and a bunch of people are outside. And this man, um, very old man, as I was walking by, he's like, she's kind of cute and like leaned <laughs> into my face. <laughs> I was like, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I was like, it's not the worst thing I've heard today. Kinda. <laughs> she's kind of cute. <laughs> All right. I'll take uh, it. <laughs> did I ever tell you um, that when I used to work at a fast food restaurant, um, when I was young, there was this very creepy man who came in very late at night and he was at least 40 years older than me and said, you look like my ex-girlfriend. Ew. I fucking doubt it, but. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I fucking doubt it. And how old were you? Uh, 16. Ew. Yeah. That's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. It was foul. Oh, bummer. Uh, all right. Well, with those two stories, um, you'll, you can see how much we like compliments, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.